0: Welcome to the Leadership Looks Like podcast. I'm your host, Kree Edom. Sponsored by Leadership Excursion Company and recorded from The Coop, located in Summerlin, Las Vegas. Join us as we explore personal stories of leaders who are making incredible impacts in their businesses, lives, and communities. Get ready to be inspired, see things from a new perspective, and learn new tools to help overcome challenges. This is what leadership looks like. On today's show, we welcome Jesse and Lisa Farrell with Jess Talk. This is a unique glimpse into what it's like to run a leadership development business, the idiosyncrasies of leadership, and what it's like to work with your significant other. Countless gems in this episode on leadership and business ownership. Enjoy. Jess and Lisa, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Well, thanks Thank very much.
2: Thanks for having us. Yeah,
0: this is the first time that I've interviewed two people. So this is exciting. That, was, that is very I'm exciting. I'm excited. And I am thrilled to have you two in today. Um, now, you two are, are you business owners. You, yep. you run your own business, Jess y- Talk. Yes. And we're going to dive into those details. But uh, first of all, how long have you lived in Las Vegas?
2: Lisa first.
0: I have been here 22 years.
2: I am actually forty-one summers now. Really? Yes.
0: I did not realize you two lived here. Have lived here for that long? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I actually uh, came here to go to college, so okay. I moved here when I was seventeen. Yeah. To go to University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Yeah. And stayed because I could see the it was enough affluency and opportunity for me to thrive.
0: You travel a lot with work, though, don't you?
2: Yeah. We yes, we do. We travel uh, the actually we look at it this way we travel as much as we want and no more than we want to so we're not we're not those kind of speakers that are on the road you know 275 days a year so we travel as much as we like we typically look to get clients in areas and regions where we want to visit anyway so that's really fun
1: yeah we're working on australia new zealand yes
2: we have been (laughs) we were this close a couple of times actually
0: yeah, I can see, and I'm probably going to put words in your mouth here, but Vegas is such an easy place to travel to and from. And right?
2: that's the reason why we like calling this home base. Is right. That's the number one reason why we call Vegas home base is because you can nearly, you can get to almost anywhere relatively easy and you can get home relatively easy. Getting home can be more difficult than going out because so many people want to come to Vegas.
1: Yeah, right. depending on if it's the weekend, especially. Correct.
2: Yeah.
0: And how long have you um, been running Just Talk?
2: Do you want hours or years?
0: Well, let's talk about years first. Okay. I'm sure that's non hours. <laughs>
2: 17 years.
0: So what were you doing before Just Talk?
2: I was a, I was actually a hospitality executive. I was uh, worked in hospitality for 36 years.
0: Okay, here in here in Las Vegas.
2: All in Las Vegas. All in the gaming mecca, as we used to call it.
0: And what exactly was your role in hospitality?
2: I started up, my, my early role was a busboy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my last role was executive casino marketing where we dealt with a lot of the high-limit players to come to Vegas and, and enjoy themselves and the, all of our hospitality gifts that we had for them.
0: And what happened in your life where you decided, it's time to do something on my own?
2: It was really simple. It was a profound situation that happened. Lisa's heard me say this a number of times. I uh, My last stop was Premieres at the Bellagio. And the Bellagio was, at the time, the number one in the world, in the industry, for what we offered people and those and those services and I knew for a fact that I would actually I had decided I was going to die there because I loved the ambiance and the art and the style of the casino and the a level property and all of that stuff the the water out front and with the fountains and and uh, I knew if they came in to terminate um, 18 of the 21 executives at my level I knew me be one of the three I would be one of the three that stood and it didn't happen that way. They came and they fired three of us and they kept 18 and I was one of the three they fired. And I and I thought to myself, with the quality of which I do this job and what I give to this company so unselfishly, something must be wrong. This obviously is not the place for me or, or the industry or the business for me because what else do I have? So sitting in front of my vice president when he was terminating me, I decided in two words that those things that I decided changed my whole world And I said, never again will I allow one man or one woman or a committee to sign my high six-figure financial fate like that at the snap of a finger or the signing of a pen. I'm going to discover what my purpose is, and I will not do anything else beyond whatever my purpose is because you cannot get fired from your purpose. Yeah, It can't happen. Those are your best gifts and talents, which are which I believe all of us have at some de- to some degree, and that's why we're here, is to serve that. So instead of looking to, cl- to climb that corporate ladder time after time after time after time, what if I just pursued my purpose, my calling, my best gifts? How can you get fired from that?
1: And how did you know to do that?
2: Intuition. I didn't... I didn't... It was something that I didn't know that I didn't know until it happened when I was sitting in front of him being fired it came to me purpose my calling understanding that and i didn't have a clue i didn't have any clue how to discover that purpose or calling but i knew that was it yeah i knew that was it so
0: how did you discover it that's my question too is what did yeah. that journey so um you you have a a very nice career a nice position, but, but you're let go. And that is a very difficult time for a lot of people. Sure. Or what am I going to do? You know, you probably at this point didn't think you would take the path that you ultimately did. So what did that transition look like? That journey from working for someone else, getting fired and then having to find your purpose.
2: I will, I'll say, I'll say it quickly. And that was how I don't dominate the airwaves. I like the sharing between the three of us. So ask more questions. If you want more, there'll be plenty more. The, the short story is, I picked up a book at that time called Action Strategies for Personal Achievement by Brian Tracy. He's a Canadian author and speaker. And in this book, he had a ton of, of intel that could help you reshape your, your world, your life, personal or professional, specifically more on the professional side. And two of the things that really stood out that was the difference maker that made it happen to answer your question was, he says, if you do not know what your best gifts and talents are ask 10 to 15 people that know you well, because they know even if you don't. I go, well, okay, because I really didn't know. And then he said, if you, uh, he says, if you will read one hour a day in your field of study, you'll become an expert in that field in five years. I I thought I really can do something different because at the time I thought all I could do was hospitality. So number one, I knew I could do something different just by reading an hour a day in my field of study, whatever that is. And I knew I could discover my purpose, my calling by asking people what my best gifts and talents are because I don't know what they are and I never ask. So the first person that I asked, I thought he was full of it. I did not believe him. I thought he was just making it up. And then I asked fourteen other people. They all said exactly the same thing: guiding, leading, and directing others. And I go, "You got to be kidding!" Because I, 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 I just don't know. You didn't see
0: that in yourself. No, I had no time. idea. Yeah,
2: had no idea.
0: Yeah. So how do you put that to practice?
2: You, you say that's a good question. What you do is you say, "Okay, so if those, if that is true that these are my best gifts and talents, okay, where does that stand on the market of that field of which I'm now going to apply that? So I measure where I stood." And I knew I had to go to get certain training in speaking, certain training on training on guiding and coaching people. So went to Coach you to get the coaching certification and uh, sought out other professional speakers that are far better than myself about what they would allow on a tutelage sort of thing. And then, then from that, say, okay, where do I apply my skills? How do I apply where I'm at to the market? And determine what that is, whatever that is, get in right there. Get in where you fit in, and start growing from there.
0: And you just started speaking and teaching, and yeah, just the, diving the right first in.
2: person that asked me, you know, what am I up to, and I told him, and he says, "Well, how much do you charge?" I go, my mind said, <laughs> "Make something up." Yeah. <laughs> so I said three thousand dollars, and he says, "Well, what makes you think you're worth three thousand? Let's see what you got." And my mind's going, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, just right now, start acting like a speaker. It was really very uncomfortable. Uh, anyway, so it's just it's a it's a matter of really having the 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 constitution and the foundation and the confidence to know that you can make it work in that area just determine where you're at see see and study who the best of the best and borrow the gifts and strengths from the best of the best yeah. until they become your own mm
0: mm-hmm. simple and just you know, just dive in and make make it your priority yeah yeah,
2: yeah. May, may, make it a, a, you know a real shift say say to yourself we call it burning the ships. Lisa and I call it burning the ships. That's when you sail across those waters and you burn the ship because you can't swim back 2,000 miles in shark shark infested water. So leaving the industry, I had to burn the ships because there's no room, there's no place for second place. This has to work. So just mentally you have that concept.
0: Yeah. So Lisa, how did you meet Jess.
1: I was 35 years in broadcasting, and the market was changing rapidly, and you know everything went digital, and there were so many other choices other than you know TV. You could get it on your tablet or your phone or digitally, or and and I just felt that I had tapped out in that industry, so I knew I heard this of this thing called a life coach, and thought, well, I'm going to find one, but I wanted specifically a male. 'cause there were many females out there. And so the general manager of my station said, Well, I you know, once upon a time knew this guy. I, I know he travels a lot. I'm not sure if he's still coaching or if he's just speaking full time. And I said, Well I'd like his number. So I called Jesse and said, I you know, come highly recommended by by Mike. And uh are you taking on coaching clients? And he said, Well I'm actually not. I'm I've got a a wait list. And I said, Well I don't know if you're Really, the coach for me, I'd like to interview you uh, before you think I might need to go on this wait list. So we got together and I told him what I needed and everything was right in his wheelhouse. And within the next week, we started working together and then worked together for a year or so and had made some great strides in so many areas, like everything in my life. You know, I didn't have a budget um I wanted to build that bridge from corporate to another another life what did that look like I had no idea so he he helped me work on my purpose and where my strengths lied which transferred over to being a coach myself I helped people in broadcasting build their business which tra- transferred over to helping people build their lives yeah. she was
2: making quite a bit of money as a as a executive on the sales and marketing side of of television and broadcasting but she had never really you know, Thought about how to build and balance her life that way. So when I asked her the question, I said, "How long can you survive if you stopped working where you're working and didn't choose to work anywhere else and just lived off of what you currently have?" She said that would be about an hour. I go, "You want to change that? <laughs> yeah. You that that's where she began to understand. Oh, wait a minute! It had never because she had lived a life for so long just figuring out how to make it happen, but that's a really hard way to do it." Because you're always under pressure all the time. You have no cushion for any, the, the ups and downs of life, you know.
0: Yeah, that's, let's talk about that really quickly because I think it's such a um, an important point. You know, you do, you have to think long-term and when you're in the grind every day doing whatever it is that you're doing, it's hard to think big and it certainly makes sense to reach out, you know, to get, to get that help or the the education or the tools that you need so you can start to think long-term. Three, five, ten-year vision. Absolutely bigger. Or what ifs. You know, what Mm -hmm. if something catastrophic happens? You know, what are you going to do? And I'm not talking about just your finances, but your life. Mm -hmm. You know, things can change fairly quickly as they did.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, Things can change at the blink of an eye. At at A a stoplight can change your life. Mm -hmm. You know, those that see it and those that don't. I mean, there's so many incidents. What I learned back then when you said, let's talk about that. What I learned at some point, well, after that Bellagio experience, when I what I came to embrace and accept is I'm not in control of anything. That was really hard because you're trying to control stuff. You're trying to control, you know, the finance or the job or the pink or the friends or the relationships or whatever. And to learn that you're not in control of anything, it's a big, that's a big deal. Well, you may not, I mean, those listening may not believe this, but, and even you, you and Lisa may not believe this, but I believe that, the control thing. Once you put that away, you can make better strides in life rather than trying to control stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I had to learn that the hard way.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that's how all of
0: us <laughs> learn most things is the hard way. Yeah. Um. For me, it was Brene's Brene Brown. Brene Brown. She did that talk on vulnerability on TEDx or mm. you know her TED talk, mm-hmm. and I watched that and I just remember I was just crying, going, "I need, I can't hold the world on my shoulders anymore." Nice. You know, and that nice. was like. What did it? And of course, there was a lot of work that I had to do after that.
2: But right, but you had to come to the awakening first, right? Because right. no awakening, there's no work. And to your point, Brene Brown, I like what she did on the perfectionist piece. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Her book on perfectionism I, it was I, I, it blew me away. That I was thinking at perfect, I was thinking of perfectionism as a positive, as a good thing before reading her book.
0: Yeah. So you worked as a coach, Lisa, independently for a while. And at what point in time did the two of you choose to work together? Let's see. In 2006,
1: I started building the bridge, and my business was called Lifestyle Balance. Mm -hmm. That was a coaching business I had for two years. As I was building that bridge to leave corporate, and of course, in 2008, we all know what happened to the market. And just as everything was looking good, I had—I was a single mom with three children, and I needed to hold that job with those benefits. So I held on to that until 2013 when Alex finally left for college. Then Jesse and I uh, joined households and about four months later decided it was time to retire and join
2: Justoc.
0: I have to say, you two are like the dynamic duo in my eyes. You <laughs> well, know? you should
2: say that. We're going to say thank you for that. Yes, thank and, you. And and we do appreciate it. people. You can notice the energy, but also people notice is the is the connection, is the is that that magnificent miracle style connection that you see. What we do is Lisa. It's really it's really good that you brought that up because when she first came to the company, she was struggling. Uh, and we I had this master plan that had like twenty seven pages in this master plan with videos and all kinds of stuff, just really tricked out so we we made new we we not I we created two uh we created four new pages that were dedicated just for her what she would do and how she would do it and you know what that would look like in terms of training and getting it together getting up to speed and her role and blah blah blah. Well, she was at a very difficult time. That transition was a very monster. And Lisa, Lisa actually, she has what I call the cover. And Those of you listening to this podcast, the cover is when someone has a smooth-looking face on an inside World War II could be breaking, and they're not going to show you that on their face <laughs> or faces. Well, Lisa can do that really, really, really well. One of the best. There's only, someone, there's only one other person that's at her level that can do this cover thing as efficiently as she can and uh she was a, she was a president of she was the first female president of uh of a gaming um hospitality gaming operation on the strip here is the only person that can match Lisa with this cover game, so I didn't know what was going on underneath and uh so she uh, you't you why don't you share that part Lisa, about that challenge when i said how have you read those four pages and what you said and what happened?
1: Yeah, well, I have to say that being in broadcasting and making a great check over six figures, high six figures, and going from hero to zero overnight was a little difficult to digest. So, and also at that time, my mom was going through some major health issues, um, had lost her job. Sears, She was with Sears forever, and it closed, and she needed to move. So I had my stuff I was going through, and I was dealing with her stuff, making her think that everything was okay, so, I was doing everything to make everything okay for her, so really, literally, when I came back from two weeks of moving her and met up with Jess and he's like, "Hey, are you ready to have a meeting on Friday and go over your you know the roles you'll be playing in the company and this and that?" and I was so gone, cuckoo in the head, I couldn't even fathom. It I, I looked at it and I couldn't read it and it was like goobly gunk <laughs> to me. Yeah. But and
2: she but her cover never told that. I mean, you really to when you're connected with people, whether it's a friendship or an intimate relationship or or business relationship, you really gotta listen to people and watch them and and, and, and man, not not in an overly scrutinized way, but in an an understanding open for clues and cues way, because you, that that's how you get to know one another. So her her cover, she was smooth. But underneath the cover she was not smooth. Go ahead, Liz. So I I literally
1: said you are being mean to me. Oh you, uh, I, I, I just broke down and started crying. Yeah. It was a it was a literal breakdown. And
2: I'm like, what in the world is going on with her? I mean, I'm, I just asked if she read the pages.
0: Right, and you were in, internally combusting
2: <laughs> I, because yeah. I was I was I was ready to just breathe
1: for a minute to get out of corporate and just figure out who I am, what I want, where I'm going. And having just moved my mother and dealt with her stuff, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I am not anywhere near ready to talk about anything but just chill time for just a little bit, you know? Yeah. And
2: I have a funny pe- feeling that the people listening to this podcast right now, I'll bet you there are a number of people nodding their heads going, been there, done that, got a t-shirt, in fact, got a drawer full of t-shirts of that. And oftentimes those people that have gone through the same thing that Lisa is speaking about, most of the time they don't have a go-to place, a place to go and work that out. And typically the pressures and the stress whether it's a husband, a wife, a boss, or or whatever, a business, those pressures don't stop. And if you don't have a way to speak to it, you can unravel. And it can really be a nasty mess. So I said to her, what were you going to say, Liz? Well,
1: there was also the other thing of coming out of corporate that I was on sleeping pills, I was on anti-anxiety pills, and I I was on eight different meds. And I knew when I left corporate I wanted to get off of those. So brilliantly, myself, I said, I can do this by myself. So I quit everything.
0: Oh,
1: and man. then I felt like I was dying.
2: When she says brilliantly, that was a joke.
1: Yeah,
0: no, that's very sarcastic. That <laughs> yeah. up on that too.
1: So then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be found out. What is going on mm-hmm. with me? And I didn't want, you know, we're, we just moved in. He's the love of my life. I what? don't want to tell him that I am like the most messed up person on earth. Yeah. And
2: on the outside, you do not see a crack of that. Yeah. So I so she, I had said to her previous to this where she's at, I said she went, she was taking a drive, and I said, I'm not sure. About 10 minutes after she had driven, I called her. I said, I'm not sure what's going on with you. This preceded all of where we're at, so we're going backwards. I said, I'm not sure what's going on with you. I said, and I'm willing to help with whatever it is, or you don't have to tell me and you can handle it on your own, but you need to get yourself together. Because that's when she knew that I was sensing that something was going on with the storefront. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: So I went to a doctor, a, a different doctor, because if I went to the same doctor, that doctor always wanted to give me 10 milligrams more of this and this and this. Even if I said, I want off this stuff, that he was never going to get me off mm-hmm. that stuff. So I went to an unknown doctor and I said, listen, I want all these things to help me get off. And he brought out this little yellow sticky pad and wrote Monday through Friday and wrote an X here and X, you know, here and here and here. And so I, I, I worked on that plan and, and again, I I tried it by myself and I thought, okay, well I've got, I've got a plan to follow. This is the doctor's
2: plan and it's got to work. And I felt worse because it was incredibly aggressive. But she didn't share it with me for some time, but when she shared it with me, I go, okay, I'm no doctor. But these 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 type of drugs are not easy to come off, and this is way too accelerated. I'm not a doctor, but this is wrong. Yeah, this is this this is because my mother actually died because she was taking off all of her antidepressants in, in Southern California, and she, her brain crashed. My my mother died because it was too much for her to take.
0: Yeah, and for anybody listening who doesn't know what we're talking about, normally when you come off of a medication, they wean you off. Correct. This means that you start with a certain high dosage and you slowly over time, you know, wean off to a smaller, smaller, smaller dose until you're off of it. Correct. That's, and it's dangerous to just go off of that because it's a chemical that's in your body Correct. and your body has to adjust. It's going to withdraw. Yeah. And
2: your body has its own chemicals too, but yeah. when you when you take this from them that it's used to depending on and not making it its own and blah, blah, blah. And to your point, it was a weaning. But that doctor had given her a weaning off schedule, but on a, so on a sticky note, I go, least least, there's, there's no way. Yeah. So we sat up in bed one night, which we don't usually do this, but I opened up an Excel spreadsheet and I created a weaning off schedule that I know I'm not a doctor and you're listening to this. Don't try this. Don't do what I did. because. I, but I thought, this makes no sense. Let's just use logic. And Lisa and I created a 12-week weaning off schedule that had it was all color-coded and it also had a layer in there that that she would weigh in morning, noon, and night, just a quick weigh in how she's feeling so that we can test if our speculation of intermittently you know, dosing down was was how it was affecting her because mm-hmm. we could make a change if it was not the right thing. Yeah. As it turns out, it was the right method all the way through. You you say what happened once you got to the end of that process?
1: Well, in tandem with that, we had a nutritional scientist that was that was because of all of the serotonin, melatonin. um I don't know all of the the names, but SRI's and. He, he, he needed to
2: those are serotonin reuptake inhibitors SRIs
1: so he had to what was being depleted he needed to prescribe tons of vitamins morning, noon and night which was about $500 a month but at the end of those 12 weeks I had hope that I was alive, could feel I couldn't see color everything was very dark as if I was dying Mm -hmm. so at the end of those 12 weeks it was like wow I really came back. I'm alive again.
0: Yeah.
2: It was it was miraculous. So it was a combination of the weaning a proper weaning schedule and a proper regimen of of supplements and vitamins that are healthy, not the unhealthy stuff.
0: Yeah. So you, so you are weaned off of everything. And how did you pull yourself, you know, through to get to start working with Jesse and bring back your coaching life and really get through not working for corporate anymore and just start a new life, really is what that is. Well, when I finally felt better, we went on a walk.
1: Yeah, ready.
2: it all happened. It, it all happened in a walk because now the story's sort of been told a bit distorted. So that was the previous stuff before the four pages that we talked about earlier. Oh, right. So then the four pages come up, and then she had this, this kind of uh, moment, we'll say. And I said, "Let's let's just take a walk." Mm-hmm. So, I went to take a walk, and uh, she's we're just dialoguing about it, and she says, "Well, you don't understand." So, I'd set up this competition. Uh, friendly, fair competition
1: Coming from sales, he thought that I liked a good Competition,
2: and hey, I'm you know, like... Yeah, with the, with the thermometers You know, you, know, you get the thermometer <laughs> and stuff And you keep rising up when you get a sale Sounds and, like know.
0: there's a little bit of a communication breakdown <laughs> Going
2: on at this point in time it's, It made sense to me, she right? spent all this time in sales <laughs> You've seen these sales thermometers before Let's just put a couple of them up mm-hmm. And she said, well, you don't you don't really She says, it's not fair, you don't get it She says, you've been doing this for a long time, and I just came into this And I just got started, and, and the difference Between you and I is, you know, you've been at this so long and I'm just, and, and I'm starting all over and 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 I go well, wait a minute wait a minute I get what do you mean you're starting all over? He goes well I'm starting all over. I go but see that's where the challenge is. You're not starting all over. You're starting again, not all over again. So what you want to do is you want to take your best gifts and talents from what you learned in corporate America and pull those over. Okay. In fact, when we get back to the home office, let's take those four pages and tear them up and throw them away. I'm going to give you a blank sheet of paper. And what I, want, what I want you to put on that paper is only what you want to do. If you don't want to do it, don't put it on the paper. You put it on the paper, then that's what you do. You design your own development plan. I don't need to design that. You spend enough time in corporate America doing a lot of things you don't want to do. In your own business, you should do what you want to do, not what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So I said, think of it like you're starting again, not all over again.
0: Yeah, I like that. It's um, because your experience, whatever it is in your life, is Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And nobody can really take that away from you. That's right. And And it's value. And it's value. Absolutely. And don't forget that.
2: So she came home from that one walk, that one conversation, and through the roof she went with her success, with how she. And now she's an absolute strong, equal pillar with her own gifts and talents and strengths that support. The the whole just talk speaking and coaching firm roof she her own talents and you, you, we can document you know re- reoccurring revenue based on her direct input herself so she can see the value of what she's doing
0: yeah and I did say you're a dynamic duo earlier but also separately just both of you have you do have this gift and I can you 're helpful you 're caring, you listen you you have incredible insight, and you pay attention it 's not just talk
2: mm-hmm. no. you, know, you
0: have programs in place, but you you really hone in on people, and I see it and and um I admire it it's
2: no, fantastic. we appreciate that we're glad you do because it's we, we believe that that 's very very important because you know at the end of the day, um, we say it all the time and, and it 's not a commercial. But at, at the end of the day, we really believe it's it's about how you leave them feeling. Mm-hmm. And the book, my first book that I wrote was, well, no, the first book that I wrote wasn't a book. Okay, I was writing a book because you're supposed to write a book. It yeah. was about 31 pages. And that was it. <laughs> Is
1: that a magazine? Not, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was
2: barely a magazine. Small
1: book And so I kicked
2: yeah. it away. But I, you know, another circumstance came up that created an insight, and it was an epiphany. That I I wrote a book because I felt I had something to say and share with people, not because I'm supposed to write a book. And that one just really, literally, almost wrote itself. And the book is called How You Leave Them Feeling. And we both believe that now. There are some people out there that um, may have a challenge with that because if you know they you know they may not believe that you've treated them to the highest of whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, there's no mistake that the How You Leave Them Feeling concept. We don't just speak to it or write to it; we live it. Mm-hmm. And is it? Are we perfect? Not by any stretch, but do we have a pretty good batting average? Yeah, we're both highly focused on the power of what that message means. What, what would you say about it, Lise?
1: It's it is the difference maker in our life because just it's a simple concept. Very. If you leave things better than you found them, and you leave people feeling great, and leave them wanting more. Mm-hmm. That, it's, just, it's a no-brainer.
2: And that's the best way. That's the signature of the how you leave them feeling concept is to leave people, circumstances and situations, like Lisa said better than you found them, but to leave people wanting more, more of you, more of your connection, more of your energy, more of your more of everything that you have to offer leave them wanting more don't try to put it all out there don't overrun them don't overstay your welcome which
1: can be a curse because oh sometimes in his sessions oh, he has brutal. a hard time shutting him down yeah because people want it feels so good it's brutal being in there to really just really get everything off your chest and just be free the once they get on a roll they don't want to stop which can
2: be a problem if you can't moderate that she is constantly doing what she can to help me manage that it's Sessions over the phone are difficult to, to shut down and to the point that Lisa says, because oftentimes, for the very first time, someone's discussing something that's been a bother or a challenge or an albatross around their neck, and they can see the opportunity of light of possibly getting, you know, number one, getting it off their chest, and two, getting into a very positive space. They don't want to stop. Mm-hmm. And in person, it is freaking much more difficult. I, I have had people, I said, listen, we have one hour. So I want to let you know it's going to be an hour problem. I'm looking forward to it. I got, Sessions back to back, and 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 a lot of times people don't really get super ramped up until they realize the time is getting near. Now they really want to start coming with it.
1: And even the the caller calling in on the other line, he'll say, "Let me just tell the caller I'll be right with them." Oh. That I'm just shutting it down with you. Fifteen minutes later, the caller's on the line, and it's like, you know, no,
2: I uh, so. Uh, Lisa, you calling for your session? Oh, perfect. I just got one person in the studio. We're just saying goodbye. I'm shaking. I'll be right back to you. I mean, right back. I'm talking 30 seconds, a minute. They'll talk for 10, 15 minutes. I'm at mm-hmm. the door. I'm like, you got to go. Yeah. They're on the line.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm listening to you, you both talk about this. and it, <laughs> I witnessed this as well. You know, yeah. it's you. It happens to you too? It absolutely does. <laughs> yeah, And, um, you know, you it takes a little while for people to get comfortable. Right. You know? But um, how do you how do you help people? Because here's what's happening: is they're unleashing feelings that they have been keeping inside, Correct. or may for not even time. know are there. You know, well so, said. So, what's your advice for anybody who finds themselves feeling this way? That utopia that they that they discover about
2: themselves? I say I say run, run with it. Let it happen. Mm-hmm. Don't don't put a governor on it. Let it happen. What do you think, Liz?
1: Well, because they're 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 opening up and they feel such a trust with you that if you shut it down, who knows if it comes back. Yeah. And then are they gonna get the growth and development that they that they were on that path to get if you stifle it? Right. You know, it's it's you you have to be an intuitive person and you have to read it and you have to know when to go in to say you know that that's a great place for us to end this session and pick up the next mm-hmm. because the next person's waiting right now you know i mean and, and even sometimes when you say that
2: they'll they'll say let me just let me just one more thing yeah. let me do just one more thing i've done that before i've even put them on hold to say listen i listen that's the other caller calling in let me let them know that you and i are just saying our goodbyes okay over i yeah, i say it i come back they talk like we have another 15 20 minutes yeah So, so, but back to you, but so what do people do whether they, it's not about whether they can afford the services like we have in terms of a coaching situation, even if they're not, even if they cannot, for whatever reason, connect with a coach, look for a very solid, trusted advisor, someone with experience, someone that has the time or opportunity to connect with you. Do not do it by yourself. Do not attempt to do it on your, on your own. What I learned over the years is that you could do good things by yourself. But greatness comes from the connection with others. You you need other people to do great things. You cannot do it all by yourself. Luther Vandross, a great singer, even said it. He says, he said, um, everybody needs someone else to help champion their cause. And who championed his cause? Roberta Flack, uh, David Bowie, and Dionne Warwick. If it wasn't for those three people, we wouldn't know Luther, Luther Vandross, no matter how good he is. Mm-hmm. So we all need that. So my answer to you for the people that may be listening to this is seek out and get the help that you need. We all need it. Every one of us do.
0: I liked how you pointed out earlier too, where, you know, you were transitioning from corporate to doing your own thing. And what you did is you seeked out people who you saw them as, as experts. They were, they were far ahead of you. They knew what they were doing. Those are the types of people Especially if you don't know how to do something, and I think if you, those k- are the types of people you want to seek out because it can yeah. save
1: you several years of study on your own mm-hmm. to see what it, what others took several years to learn and take a fast track from them and yeah.
2: and learn what they've done. And if they're not accessible to you for whatever reason. In this particular case, buy their books, get their tapes, get their videos, look at their movies or if they're not accessible to you get get the bio get the bios on them learn as much as you can, learn about them and from them see everybody everybody you know has something of value to offer, and the more they have to offer, the more they want to give it back to others because they got it from someone else too that's how I see it so that's that's what I'd recommend for the people that may be listening to this podcast and wondering okay. I can't afford a life coach or or or, or a professional coach or whatever. You can afford to go to the library, can't you?
0: And how fortunate are we to live in a day and age where we can get on our phone or our computer, exactly. or Go to the library, or yep. our information is so easily accessible and download accessible. it. Yeah, absolutely. Or listen to a podcast, yeah. right? Or listen to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. So you two, you work together. Yes. You're with each other most days. Oh yeah. And you know, we were talking before we started um, recording mm-hmm. just about. How you are in the business of helping others, but how are are you taking care of yourselves? You know, how do you have a group of people that that inspire you and keep you growing and moving? Um, How do you manage that so that it's not all time, it's not all consuming for you, both of you, for your business and your relationship?
2: We do. We both have people that that um, that help us. We have what we call a board of directors. Uh, to make a long story short that uh, that's more on the professional side, but can also encroach on the personal side as well. And these are people that have got a, a great deal of experience and we trust and care about one another and and confide in one another. So we, we have that. We also use one another as accountability partners quite well, too. And we are not mean-spirited with one another, but we're very objective. But the really coolest thing that I think we have, we, have two, we won't name it all, but we'll give you the platform because it may help someone out there listening, especially if they're working with someone that they're related to or they're close to or whatever. We have two things that are, I think, the the genius of our connection is they're called biz rules, short for business rules, mm-hmm. biz rules, and house rules. And we get to change those every 90 days for whatever reason, if we think we want to upgrade or if we think one is so ingrained that we can institute a new one or whatever, whatever the reason is. And just as an example, one of our house rules is um, is that it's connected to a business rule that says our, are, our hours are 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. If I take an exception to take a 911 or high sense of urgency coaching call from a client after 6 p.m., got to take it outside the house because we have a home office. So I've got to take it outside the house, in my car, or walk around the neighborhood, or walk around the park, or whatever. And that's to respect the energy in the home, because my energy to get amped up, because I'm helping some 911 high sense of urgency matter. And that's interrupting her space of being at home. Mm -hmm. And so we have three each, three house rules and three business rules. And we respect those rules, and they help us keep ourselves in check. What do you think of those?
1: I love them. Boundaries. They're way cool. But there's also a a language that we have developed. So if uh, typically I work downstairs and he works upstairs, and if there's something that's going on that I need him to know right away, even if he's on a session, I will slip him a note that says fast track, which means I need five minutes of your time as soon as you can give it to me. And he, he honors that, and so we'll get together, and whatever it is is five minutes instead of taking 30 minutes to say something you can say in five. Mm-hmm. So we develop a language. Um, we have the stand down. Do you want to explain more about what the stand down I will,
2: is? I will. the stand, sure. I'll, And I want to ask you how you want to use it, but I also want to say even physical. Like in this beautiful office here, the door is open. Well, when the door's open, that's usually open door. Mm-hmm. Well, Lisa knows that if the door's closed, then I'm working on something I'm really having a deep concentration for and I really don't want to be interrupted. I don't even want a physical presence in that interruption because I want to get this done. If the door's open, well, she can come in. She, she can still come in, but she's much more mindful about coming in when the door's closed than if the door is open. Mm-hmm. These are just kind of little things that make it work. What part of the stand down did you want me to?
1: Well, it's just another part of language. Rather than saying so many words, that one word says a lot of things.
2: Okay, so the stand down is that it was designed for people that are communicating with one another and they don't have, um, they're not ready to, to answer a particular question
1: because they like to process so they Mm -hmm. don't know what to say she
2: lisa tends to be more about not slow as a negative but slow as in needing to take time and and process so when you come to lisa with something you want to either give her the room if she doesn't have the room then she needs to make it a stand down to me to say listen jess i know you need this is can i get back to you in a couple of hours or is it okay if i get back to you first thing tomorrow morning or, just how soon do you need that? Well, I need it in a few days. First part of next week, is that good for you? Then you don't have to answer anything. The stand down is you stand the other person down
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and not answer all the questions that they want or any of them, but answer when you're going to be able to get back to them. That way you get back to them when you are best able to do it with the best answer you can provide. We call that the stand down. It's way cool. You can stand someone down for a minute, for a few minutes, for an hour, for a couple hours, for days, weeks, you can stand them down indefinitely. If someone gives you something and you, it's a really a booger bear, you can say, "You know what? Would it be okay if I give that some thought and got back to
0: you?" Mm-hmm. I like that because lots of times if people walk up to us and ask a question, we automatically assume they need this right now, correct? The yes. Second, and or they want seven, it. They want it, especially if it's a boss. Don't you wish you had the stand down oh, when
1: you worked oh, oh. in it's corporate huge. America? That's it's huge. That's exactly where it came from yeah. for me when I did work in corporate. When he was coaching me. And that I that my boss came to me with a fire hose, which the, the more she came at me, the more I looked at it as conflict, which, which sent me and sent me inside myself mm-hmm. to process. And t- I'm like, I need to figure this out. But because it was in that kind of a, presented to me in that kind of a manner I just shut down. Yeah. So, And when she shuts down.
2: down, she's not being her very best self or giving her very best self. And she knows that, which further deteriorates deteriorates her confidence because she knows she can be better than that. But she, it was almost like, ah, I can't do You know what I mean? It's very mm-hmm. uncomfortable. So when you think about the stand down, what do you think the biggest gift of the stand down is as you think about just now hearing this?
0: Just your 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 personal self and your boundaries and respecting yourself Mm -hmm. is really what what comes to mind.
2: It is. And it's actually also respecting the other person Mm -hmm. because what you're doing is you're actually negotiating Mm -hmm. and it's a win, win, win the situation wins. The person being challenged with the question wins because they don't have to do it at that moment. The person looking for a better or the best answer wins because they get that. And what is it? The reason why it's so sexy because when you're doing it, you're making it all about them. You're negotiating when it's best for them, but right. at the same time, it's actually best for you too.
0: Yeah, I I like to say, um, <laughs> you know, let it be their decision. You know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. push it back, so That's you know, it. It's, it's not on you. It's it's how to prioritize. It's how to say no. It's how to negotiate. It is. It's all that. It's all of that, and um, it's tough though. It's it's. <laughs> but tough. when you use you say but that you say you... that,
2: but when you use it, it's not because it's. Let me just say this. I have a 100% track record with the standout. It never not works. Mm -hmm. Why does it not never not work? Because it's about them. You're saying, when can I serve you? Yeah. Because obviously now I cannot.
0: Yeah. And I like how we're speaking about this now because, you know, there are – Systems and processes that are built around this simple concept yes. is, you know, how do you prioritize work? How do you set boundaries? How do you communicate when it's too much? All of those things. It really boils down to this: mm-hmm. it's simple communication. I, you know, I love the the boundaries and the rules that you have set for yourself, so you don't have to question those ever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just always there, and it releases you. It allows you to do the set work. set you free. It also does. gives you yeah. a
2: language if someone. doesn't do it on purpose but is violating or stepping on one of those rules. You get to challenge them on it because that's the rule. Mm -hmm. You need to bring it up. If it's not working, you can wait till the 90-day or you can say, hey, you know what? Like Lisa, one of her house rules is when she gets up in the morning, she doesn't want to get into a bunch of dialogue. She likes that first 45 minutes to an hour to be her in her own space, setting up what her day is going to look like. And what I have to do to honor that is I can say common pleasantries, but don't get into anything. Let her have that morning space and then connect when she's up and at them. Right. It's just simple. But with her, with the way she behaves, if we didn't have the house rule, she may never tell me that that's what she needs because that face is going to be Giving me that look like everything's all good and inside. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's
0: doing great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you you know the other thing that you do I want to point out is you check in every ninety days. Yeah, and it's on it's it's part of the rule. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may not be written down, mm-hmm. but that's part of it, and it's an opportunity to make any improvements or changes or, you know have that face change maybe a little bit and say, you know, this just hasn't been working for me. Yeah. Let's let's make a change. Yeah. So and
2: you and then you correct it. Mm-hmm. But but I think a lot of relationships break down, no matter what the what the relationship dynamic is, whether it's a friendship or a partnership or business or or a subordinate or an intimate relationship. I think a lot of relationships break down Do lack b- of communication. Because they mm-hmm. don't know how to communicate. Absolutely. The better you can communicate the better it is. Uh, the extent of your vocabulary will definitely measure the change in your pocket.
0: Mm-hmm. Because and, it's, and it's okay to say, you know what, I don't know right now. I can't answer this right Absolutely.
2: now. Absolutely. Yeah. I say it all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: But to, to not have that conversation, the resentment builds up so that when you do have a conversation, it's just high level and heated, and then it goes nowhere because mm-hmm. you should get to the root of the problem and, and and speak about it as it's happening.
2: And it's not really a conversation. What it is usually is is two people talking to sell their line, to sell their part, not to understand the dynamic and have a free-flow communication and exchange. It's 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 a heated conversation at best and oftentimes short-sighted because you can't see the other side because you're so ticked off that your, your stuff's not being met.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. It, again, a, a negotiation because two people usually – one person wants this, and the other person wants that. So you got to meet in the middle. You do instead that's of get all in an argument.
2: <laughs> and and I and I wouldn't say Lisa's wrong about meeting in the middle. I would say you have to meet them on the line somewhere because when you say in the middle, this suggests fifty fifty. I say you meet them on the line so that it may be eighty twenty, seventy thirty, thirty seventy, sixty forty, forty six. It doesn't matter. What, as long as you're on that same line, now you can have a dialogue mm-hmm. and you also may meet them in the middle. It could be 50, 50, but it doesn't have to be.
0: Yeah. And you know, at the end of you know 60, 40, whatever, however you want to break it down, I like to focus on the hundred percent. If you are both working towards the same exactly, thing, because that's really, that's the high level that we're talking right. about. That's my earlier. point. You know, it, this little thing probably really doesn't matter. You know, the percentage breaks breakdown, or whatever. but in the big scheme of things, if you're still getting to where you want to go then that's what's, that's what's important.
2: And you know one of the biggest problems that people have when we talk about this challenge with communication, I think the biggest challenge that people have is when they are in a dialogue, even like this, oftentimes they're thinking about what they are going to say. hmm so they're listening very little, if at all, very, very little.
1: Which makes them not present.
2: Exactly, which makes which them is a whole
1: other show. Which is a whole other show. <laughs> yeah, right. It really is.
2: It really is. And so, so I think you. I think I know those of you that are listening to this. If you really want to improve your communication, start listening more actively, and stop being overly concerned with about what you're going to say. You can always come back to what you're going to say. You can always get back to them. You always come back another time, but. But I, you talked about that earlier in the program. You talked about the quality of how both Lisa and I listen. And Lisa is actually, she's a natural born good listener. I had to learn to become a listener. Because my personality is one that um, natively, without any me doing none of the work, I would not be a good listener. Mm-hmm. I'm a good listener because I've chosen to be a good listener. And I see the value in it. Lisa was a natural-born listener because her character prefers to say less, process more, and then when she does deliver, she delivers with power but succinctly. She's not going to give you a bunch of detail. And by the way, when she runs out of what she has to say, there is no more. <laughs> Don't be thinking like you're going to stretch it out because you're going to look at it like, you want me to say it again? Because you know I can say it 15 different ways. For whatever reason. That doesn't make me better, just different. Lisa, when she dials it in, what you're getting, that's it. That's the cream of the crop. That's it. Just use it.
0: Yeah. And this is just a build up to what we've been talking about listening mm-hmm. and then also realizing we all handle things differently. Mm-hmm. You know, our communication styles are different, the way we receive
2: and well is different. Well said. And that's why we do. I won't. We won't do a commercial. But that's why Lisa and I love the Color Code. First off, there are a number of assessments people can take out there. You can take the Myers Briggs. You can take the Enneagram. You can take the DISC. You could take, you know, there's a number of different personality assessments. You can take the Winslow. the many. Some are very, very expensive. Some are okay, more modest. We we believe in the Color Code. We're both Color Code certified trainers as well. And the Color Code has a model that says, "When you get self." You get others. When you get self, you get others. And color code's motto is to learn to speak the language of others. And they break it down into four distinctions, four color code distinctions. They're red, blue, yellow, and white. And typically, as a general rule, reds are driven by the power of getting things done. Blues are driven by intimate conversations, they like being understood. Whites are driven by inner peace and they don't like any conflict or confrontation. And yellows are motivated by fun. So the motivation of what motivates your character is called a DCM, driving core motive. So back to what you just said, what Lisa and I do all the time is we seek to speak the language of others. And our and we want to learn what your driving core motive is because whatever that motive is, I want to speak the language of the yellow or the language of the red or the language of the blue. And when you're doing that, when people feel like you get them, oh, they want more of you because, oh, you, you understand me. Oh, you get me. I'm really just speaking their language. Yeah. That's all I'm doing.
1: Because most people speak...
2: Their, their you, own language. You speak to people the way you want to be spoken
1: to rather than the way they want to be spoken to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, instead of the golden rule, the platinum rule.
0: Right, right. So what would you say is your biggest challenge um, in, with your business? We touched on one earlier about, you know, once people open up, then um, they tend to take more time than scheduled and those right. types of things. But But what else... Are you running into? Well, I think right now
1: uh, we are taking Just Talk to the next level, which is called Next Gen, which is building an online business so that it's not continually shaking hands, kissing babies, so that the the machine can be out there working for us. Typically, we've made it from referrals or uh, Jesse being on, in speaking engagements and getting clients that way. But we're we need to. We're not getting older. We need to work smarter harder so the online business and scaling the business is the is the uh, the juggernaut that we are going through right now that we had no idea you don't know what you don't know until you get into it but mm-hmm. we will get through this and it'll be worth it when we do uh do you have anything other
2: th- no i think other you, to- that, that's next level stuff you're right but at the basic level before next level would be that you have to consider when you look at our products and services and you see them on a shelf you can see right through the glass jar you don't get it till you get it. So it's not like a pair of Nikes or painting or a desk or a chair or a phone where, it's, where it's, it's, it's an object of some kind where you can see get some sense of the quality. You don't know how good we are or if we're going to be effective for you as a, as a speaker from the stage, speaking to 40, 50, 80, or 100 of your employees or associates or one-on-one on a coaching session or in a group. You don't know. You don't get it till you get it. Mm-hmm. So the challenge is is it, it has to go beyond being confident with what you do, uh, being able to have a business that is see through until you get it. Now, when you get it, you go, wow, I, I, I can see the value. But when someone's new coming in to possibility of being, uh, you know, buying from us as a prospect, I can see the challenge from the other side because they don't know what they're going to get until they get it.
1: And plus, everyone calls themselves coaches out there. Yeah. So, you know, we've hired a few that haven't worked for us, yeah. but they came highly recommended. So mm. if you're, if it's getting a high recommendation and it's working for somebody else, you think that's a pretty good coach. Yeah. So you never, you never really know what you're going to get until you kick the tires and test it out. Right.
0: Yeah, and, and that that makes me wonder. So right now, and, and this is something you're developing now, but, um, it seems to me like it'll be a challenge because you're used to working with people one-on-one you're used, you are used to getting that that feedback right away. And you can see it, you can you know, touch it, you can see that person right in front of you. How are you going to transition your business and the way you've been doing this for so long into a digital environment? Well,
2: that's a good question. I'll answer that. First off, I'll say that Lisa's point is spot on. With the coaching field, everybody and their grandmother and their great grandmothers and their aunts and uncles and cousins think they're a coach. You can put, put, call yourself a coach, get a pretty business card, even get an office, whatever. But coaching has what we call a low bar for entry and a high bar for success. So it's a dichotomy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a bunch of certifications to be or call yourself a coach, but the high, the high bar for success is, will be people's lives and businesses or whatever that you have an opportunity to have an effect on. So Lisa and I, we don't charge people for our time. We, we charge people for breakthroughs. We seek to help create breakthroughs in your lives mm-hmm. because from those breakthroughs that you can do dynamic things with your life. So to your point, yes. And uh, we say that we have a history of being able to gain business from word of mouth or from people that hear us or connect with us somehow, and so you say, how do you do that with the digital? Well, we'll still keep that going mm-hmm. because it's native, natural, and it's part of. It. But what Lisa's saying, we don't want that to be the only way we right. get business. So what she was proposing that we're into is it's a the the from the digital space is to build that platform to build that machine that's working when we're sleeping. Okay. So it's out there canvassing, showing, showcasing through an automated webinar series the qualities of what we can offer people to get them on a strategy session to determine if we are a fit. Which goes into group coaching which frees up more time
1: so you're you're working less hours mm-hmm. with more people making more money. But
2: you're, that's like the matrix. Yeah. It's like trying yeah. to design the matrix. It's brutal. It's not for the weak at heart.
0: <laughs> right. At all, and you're, you know, and then you've got to test it and see that's if it's correct. going to work. And that's and part that's of the brutal too, yeah, because
2: you have no idea what's going to work, and even, even once you get it working, it doesn't just stay working because you got it working. One little glitch, one little change, plus then you're you're contingent upon the platform, like Facebook changes like the wind, mm-hmm. and when they change things, it can change all the stuff that you have set up, and you don't even know what to, where to start testing. What to correct because they made it change. Or
1: is Facebook even where you start? Is it right. LinkedIn?
2: Because we deal more with businesses.
0: Yeah. You have Are to we figure gonna all find that
1: out. sweet spot on Facebook or is it you know, I mean so then you have to do more research and spend a little more money to figure out what works. Or a right? lot of more money. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So what what or who drives the two of you? Who do you look up to? Who really pushes you to, to grow?
2: You go first, Lee
0: uh Jesse definitely helps me on
1: a daily basis uh my my children um uh, and i don't beyond that you know just getting up every day and working out and having having a purpose drives me
2: mhm uh stripping the ego away from it i believe that my, well my biggest drive comes from my my highest my highest service I believe that that I'm a difference maker. And I believe that I've been put on this earth to help reshape and connect with people, to help uh, change their lives in a global sense, universal. And and my highest aspiration is to be able to be, it's not trying to have a godlike complex or it's nowhere in that zone. But I want it to, when I walk into a room, the climate of that room changes because I am there, but I'm not aware of that. I don't want it tied to ego I want it to be effective, but not about the person, but about that energy Mm -hmm. that that can change the quality of a room, even if I don't say a word. And so that drives me because that means I have to have what we call, we've learned from from a number of people out there, call it C-A-N-E-I, pronounced Connie, um, Constant and Never-Ending Improvement. And now we're at VAD Constant and Never-Ending Evolution. I want to keep evolving, keep getting better at all the things that help not just us make a living, but help us shift and transform lives and we want to be able to become one to many not one to one so we can help more people and i think you do that by by um, setting your standards of excellence and finding ways to constantly live into those levels of excellence and then put that out on on the world scale for the world to consume uh, the role models and mentors and so forth along the way. They've been the Brian Tracy's. They've been the Lewis Gossett Jr.'s. They've been the Whoopi Goldbergs. They've you know, been the Bruce Willis's. People where I've actually had these people in my life while I was serving them. So, some of the best that I've taken from some of those experiences, I plot on that whole development plan.
0: Yeah. What tools do you both use on a daily basis to help organize? Um, oh, we, we number
2: one tool.
1: Focus.
0: Focus.
2: Yes, stands for finish one uninterrupted focus. F O C. Finish one clear uninterrupted service at a time. So this focus system. You tell him about focus. It's cool, way cool.
0: I've never well, heard about focus. No, we, because we
2: he created, it. we created it. Okay.
1: Out. When he was in corporate and had so much coming out him, he didn't see any other way. So he built his own system, which was the one thing when he was my coach that he he said, "Let's go look at your desk. I want to see how you work and." make sure that you're maximizing your efficiencies and so on and so forth. And when we sat at my desk, of course, around the entire computer screen was sticky notes and they were up and down the wall and they were everywhere. And he's like, are you kidding me? This is how you work. And I'm like, yep, that's how I do it. He goes, would you be willing to see a better way? And I said, sure. So literally we took each one of those sticky notes and input it on this focus so it ranks it by the group that you're working with or the person you're working with or the department that, that you're working at with. You rank it from a one through a five. Ones are obviously critical that need to be done right now. So when you work the system, literally when you close your computer at night, when you open it in the morning, it tells you where you're starting your day.
0: So this is a software app or a...
2: It's software, but it's built inside of an Excel database. Okay. And uh, when Lisa first started, when she first learned it, everything was level one, at least everything is not a level one but see in her mind it was because she had all the stuff everywhere she knew she had to make it level one so she would stay on top of it all but it was putting too much adrenaline too much it's the wrong energy to mm-hmm. to, to drive because that that, that adrenaline that, that's what was pushing her i go no 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 it probably took her about a good month and a half to, to ratchet down and really put a level of one to five she put everything was a level one I go if everything is level one you don't need the system because it's it's got macros designed where you click you click the ranking, it'll sort from one to five. Mm-hmm. If you click the group, it'll sort related items in the group. If you're working for, say, say uh, Chevrolet or San Francisco and Giants or, or IBM or whatever, and you got several of those of uh, tasks related in there, they can all run together. When you click the Do button, the Do button says this. Let's say you've got a list of, say, 90, I know, I know for a fact, cause I just, I just refreshed mine today. I've got 90 things on my to-do list right now, which is a short to-do list for me, by the way, okay. you, it can get to be about 160, 180. You can't keep up with one hundred six hundred eighty things or even
1: 90. Well, so, and sometimes it's just a place to, to do a mind dump instead of, instead of holding it in your head, then you go down there and put it as a level five. And oftentimes you think it, it needs to be done. And then you, when you go to do a cleanse on the focus, you go, oh, that never really needed to get done in the first place. But <laughs> you weren't
2: carrying it to Lisa's point, mm-hmm. which is good. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so, what this, the refresh button, unless you can only see about 16 or 18 lines, well, the lines below that, you can't see what they are, what they're ranked. So, you click the do button, and I wrote an algorithm in there that said this if it's due today or past due, bring it from wherever it's set on the list and rise to the top of the list and turn red. Okay. So the further out of date it is, the higher on the list it goes. What does that mean? Don't look at all the blue. Forget about blue. Don't even look at the blue. Knock that red stuff out mm-hmm. from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. So the system thinks for you, because I was trying to, I was stuck. How do I know? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I do this? Do I do that? Because you got all these convergent things coming at you. Drop them in the system. Let the system decide. It'll decide based on priority and date specific. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then it has an archive button. Some people like to cross things off the list, take them off. I personally like to take things off four, five, six at a time. I like to see a big jump. Yeah. Some people like to take them off one at a time, whatever. As an archive, you put a date in the done column. You click the archive button. They remove from your task list and drop into your task history list. So you can have a a routine of a regimen of showing what you've done and what kind of work you've been doing and who you executed for and with. And it's, we both use that. We both have our own focus systems that we use to help keep us centered. The biggest thing for focus is to stop carrying all that stuff around in your nugget, to leave your mind open for high sense of urgency, creative thinking and all that stuff to stop carrying around stuff that you have to do. It is the number
1: one tool that took me from a C player to an A player when I was in corporate.
0: Yeah. Because you're not always thinking about the long laundry list of items you have to right. Take exactly right now. Right? No, Second, that's and right. then when
2: that when you when you get an, when you get phone calls or you get emails or you get someone in your face, drop it in your focus system. Click the do refresh. It sorts it where it belongs.
0: Yeah, yeah. So before we started recording, we all we were talking about the two of you have now um, designated a day in the week where you you take care of you, mm-hmm. and this is new for you.
2: Well, it's new again, new again, yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's always been there. Let's do that one day. let's do that one thing.
2: no, we say we it's been there we've we we've said it, but we it seems that someone keeps getting on our calendar, mm-hmm. so now you've got a commitment, and the goal was to to have a day where you did you did what you wanted to do, even if what you want to do is nothing, and you you don't feel any guilt or remorse or any baggage. You don't owe anybody anything for that day. You do whatever you want all day long, whether it's a nap, a walk, a game. Read a book. Or take a project to the next level, design something, create, whatever. It doesn't matter. Nobody's judging. It's whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So Lisa will tell you how the, this, we really, I don't remember the last time we really did it, to be honest. with I'm not so sure that we ever really did it without somebody finding a space on that calendar, even on a Sunday.
1: Yeah. So last Sunday was this past Sunday was very refreshing, and it Mm -hmm. it, just—it's a shift. You can feel the shift because it's just there's not as much pressure on you. And then oftentimes on our calendar we have every Saturday for a half day of silence. So whatever time you get up for six hours, you don't you don't talk.
0: We know Lisa loves that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because Lisa listens, which is also cool because. You know somebody else is in the house, but it's a, an, a knowing and an understanding that you're in that space. But you walk, you just keep walking by, and there's no obligation for anything. So that's another really cool thing that I particularly like that we share.
2: Yeah, I like it too. It's I, I find a lot of value, and it gives you a big appreciation for when you do start communicating. Not that not that you're jonesing from not communicating, but it's an appreciation because when you have an intentional period of time where you're not making any sounds of communication that lets you when you start communicating see the value of being able to have that
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah it's really cool it really is it's as, um, as
1: with anything if anything's taken away from you you don't you typically don't appreciate it until it's gone yeah, absolutely so when you don't have it you really appreciate it when you get
0: it yes and i like it it's, it's almost like you're creating your own space bubble too you know mm-hmm. you're still in the same space as uh-huh. someone else, but you're creating your own you mm-hmm. to just be in your own thoughts and and do what you want to do and and be silent and
2: mm-hmm. you don't have to be on stage mm-hmm. oftentimes, even with one another, you're seeking to give your best answer or your best funny or your best idea or when you're in that place of silence, you're not seeking to play up to anything. you're just going with the flow mm-hmm. but even even on our even without the day of silence, even on the day that we decided to take at least one day a week where we have where we schedule nothing that was like lisa says it was a shift you could feel you know what it felt like it felt much like it feels when you go to hawaii when you go to hawaii you better learn that there's a thing called hawaiian time and it's not the same thing that happens in on the coastlines over here it's very different time it's a much more laid back Take it as it comes, no rush, mate, kind of thing. It really is. It's, it felt a little bit like Hawaiian time where nothing had a, a push of a sense of urgency on it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. How about we book a trip to Hawaii so I can like test that for real? Okay. <laughs> um, I'm witnessed. <laughs> Let's say um, Cree.
0: Yeah, I, I'm in. <laughs> we'll do the next podcast there. Yeah, perfect. On being present, right? For sure. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So for both of you, who left corporate careers, and that was mm-hmm. a transition? You both have your own story. What is your advice to anybody who wants to, or finds themselves in a situation where it kind of has happened for them? Yeah,
2: they've asked them to, yeah. right?
0: You know, what any advice you have for somebody who wants to make that transition from working in corporate America to owning your own business and chasing your you passion?
1: know what? life is short. If you're having that thought, there are people out there to help you do it, and don't think that you're stuck to and limited to just being in that job because that's all you know because you you know more than you think you know and find that trusted advisor find that coach find that friend find that person that can hold you accountable to do the things that they see in you that you don't to get to build that bridge to get you to the other side
2: yeah that's good advice i would also say what well, if you don't if, for if there's some reason why you don't take that opportunity at least it uh, has laid out as great sage advice. At the very least, discover what your best gifts and talents are. Understand what your best gifts and talents are and discover, you know, after owning those best gifts and talents, what is it that you love? So don't just move from job to job to job. If, 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 if since something, if, or since something has happened like that, you might as well start doing what you love. And typically, that's going to be connected to your best gifts and talents. So start the research for figuring out what am I really, really good at? What am I I uniquely qualified for? Figure out what that is. And then you can figure out how can I apply that on the world scale? How can I apply that to make a living and make a life? So that would be my recommendation is to the answers are not out here. The answers are in here. Go inside and get that discovery. You don't need to get it out there because when you get it inside, then you can manifest it and bring it outside.
1: Well, sometimes you need a little assist because you get stuck. You don't know where to find it. So well, sure. You, you say it's inside, but you need that little person or the the, the, the confidant or confidence.
2: You, sure. If you can't get it from you. yourself, I agree. You can get the help from someone else, but what they're helping with is getting at what's inside. Is what I'm saying. Whether you do it by yourself or with support, the answer is in here, not out there. That doesn't mean you can't or solicit help to help get in here. Right. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people, when something like that breaks, they look out here. They look out here. They're looking for another job. They're looking how to replace that. They're not looking at, well, wait a minute. What's in here that's going to be a more long-lasting connection or correction?
1: Mm -hmm. That I'm going to wake up every day and love doing. Exactly. not, not Not... like dread, like, you know, k- keep hitting snooze, 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 because I don't want to get up and I don't want exactly. to go to this job one more day. But that you actually can't wait to get out of bed and run out of bed and get dressed and live your day the way by design.
0: Right, and where you have to set time aside for yourself on purpose. Because yeah, because, you like <laughs> <it so much. laughs> because if right. you don't, it doesn't
2: happen. <laughs> right? That's Funny, because right. you Touché. said that, was because we asked you when we were in the green room, I said, so, because I said to you, I said, so, when you love what you do and you serve like you serve, when does it start and when does it end? And you said, that's a good question. <laughs> when does it start? When, you, when you've when you taken on really with a servant's heart to serve people with your very, very best and leave them wanting more, when does it start and when does it end?
0: Yeah, I guess it's when you say so, right? Or else it won't. It, it only, it <laughs> only
2: happens when you say so mm-hmm. or it won't. Because there's constantly people out there and different levels of wants and needs. They're, they're, it's always out there. So you could be around the clock unless you set aside some time and lock that in and block it out and it's, and it's not open for negotiation. That's your time.
1: And ultimately, we want to get to a five and two. Two and We're,
2: five.
1: Oh, well, you know, that dyslexic thing, whatever. Yeah. Where we are working two days and off five. That's yeah. the ultimate plan.
0: In Hawaii. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Or actually traveling the world, not just limited to Hawaii. There
0: you go. Thanks you two so much for coming in today. and sharing Thanks for having us. So. appreciate that It
2: was a great program. We, we really enjoyed it. It was, um, it was cool. It was exciting. It, it, time flew off the clock. It's a it five-minute
1: five hour.
2: Yep. yep.
0: For more information on Lisa and Jesse Farrell, visit jesttalk.com. Thanks as always for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, visit the Leadership Looks Like Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. Leadership Looks Like is a podcast dedicated to leaders everywhere. Our mission is to show that leaders come from all different backgrounds, ages, colors, shapes, and sizes. For more information about our project or to become a contributor, visit leadershiplookslike.org. Sign up for Fresh Start Mondays and get access to free leadership tips delivered to your inbox every Monday. To subscribe, visit leadershipexcursion.co forward slash subscribe. And finally, The Coop, Las Vegas' newest co-working location with a focus on community and collaboration. If you're a small business owner looking for office space and amenities and would like to be located in Summerlin, visit thecoopcowork.com. Until next time, continue to inspire and support one another through effective leadership. I'm your host, Kree Edholm. See you again next week.